Nerds, episode 85 of The Platformers, a show about nerd culture. I <laughs> I am your host, your sickly, sickly host, Brian Barnett. I am your hardened, nippled co-host, Chris Schreiber. There are two. Uh, there are two reasons uh, that this episode is coming to you a little bit later uh, in the day than it normally would. Uh, not that big of a push as we've had before, but uh, we had heard that there was going to be a Nintendo Direct, which I I presume we'll probably get into fairly shortly here. Uh, but also, um, before we get into that, I just wanted to let everybody know, as I take a, a, a sip from my hot tea with honey in it. That I am, I am five days into a viral throat infection. That's uh, horrible. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, it started on Sunday. Ugh. Um, my throat was scratching. I didn't actually talk um, during practice in the morning and stuff like that. But then when I woke up the next day. It like actually hurt to talk, and so for about three days, um, I was effectively mute. And let me tell you, as somebody who is the stay at home, because as everybody knows, I work from home, um, you know, reviewing games and writing news and stuff like that. Um, But that also means that if errands need to be run during the day, I'm the person to run them. So I ran like five or six errands during the day on like Monday and Tuesday um, without being able to talk. And that gave me a completely new perspective on what it's like to obviously it's it's very different for somebody who is deaf or you know who speaks in sign language or something like that or who's mute but it was an interesting window into that perspective of life you got a taste of um eliza's life in the shape of water ah i've not seen she yeah, i've not mute. seen it but Oh, is she really? She is. The main character is a mute. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The main character of Owlboy is also mute. Interesting. Owlboy. Yeah. Yeah, Owlboy. Like, Owlboy himself is a mute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was very interesting because a lot of the places, what I would do is I would type stuff on my phone and then, like, hold it up to people. And you'd be surprised that, like, four or five people started talking more loudly or do that stereotypical thing that you see in movies where they assume that you don't understand. My favorite's always when it's like, oh, me no speak English. What I need you to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not helping. You're just no, louder. No, no, it's not. It was really, really interesting um, because the, the funny thing was all the white people I talked to pretty much did that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And the guy... Um, the guy I went to a, the dry cleaners place, and the dry cleaners um, near my house is run by an Asian family, and uh, so and you can tell by listening to him, English is not his first language. Yeah. And when I showed him the thing, oh, he just read it very quietly and was like, oh, okay, it's gonna be twenty three, something like that. Like he was very, like matter of fact, like he was very. All right, this is how this exchange. Give me my money he, and get the hell out. He had a he had a very thick. Um, Southeast Asian accent on top of that. Like he wasn't just matter. He wasn't talking like, you know, New York accent or something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, kid, get out of here with this, you know? But, but, um, but you get what I'm saying? Like he just was like, Oh, okay. I got it. Whereas like I went to the urgent care center and pretty much everybody except the doctor who was also Asian humorously enough, everybody was just like, all right. So, um, and like, so, like 
the lady saw I like I busted out my wallet. I have a Brack wallet with uh, Brack from Space Ghost um, on it, and the lady gave me like a really overwrought smile and like tapped my wallet and gave me a big thumbs up, and I'm like, mother effer, I can hear just fine, like. <laughs> <laughs> I can they probably hear don't totally want to ask fi- either because then they feel like a jackass if you're like I can't speak but like I can hear you fine yeah yeah um, but yeah so it's it's uh, it hadn't hurt at all today it's starting to a little bit so I'm just going to keep sipping on my tea alright well I mean luckily <clears throat> I did a lot a lot this past week not only that um we are hot off the heels of the Nintendo Direct, and uh, you want to lead us through that. So, before we get into that, I want to preface it with a, a little story about Chris Shriver over the past few days. So, what day is it? It's Thursday. So Monday it night? Is. No, Tuesday night. Um, if you hear Jughead, I got him a new toy, and he keeps meowing because he wants me to keep playing with him, and I already played with him for an hour. So, he, that's how much he likes it. So, anyway. Um, Tuesday night, came home, found out we have a snow day, um, and I'm sitting, uh, in my apartment, like, I don't know, I don't even know what to play, I need a break from watching Dragon Ball, because that's all we've been doing, um, I didn't want to play Fighters, like, I just needed to be away from that universe for a little bit, um, because we finally are at, like, the battle with Frieza, and it's episode, like, 100 something, or it's, like, 97 or something is where we're at. But I think in the past Dang, week, blazing through. we've watched like 45 episodes of this fucking show in the past week. And I'm just like, I'm over it right now. I need a break. Um, and I'm like going through, you know, my PlayStation and I'm like, I don't know what to play on here and Switch I didn't know. And um, so finally I came across uh, Super Hot, which I'll talk about later if we have time. But uh, other than that, I've, I've been in this state where I'm like, I don't even know what I want to play anymore until God of War comes out. Like, that's the next big game that I'm really excited about. Um, and then I was reading a little bit about PlayStation Vita hacking. And today I went to GameStop, traded in two of my old DualShock 4s, Wolfenstein, because I tried playing that, didn't like it. So I traded in the first and second one for Xbox One. You didn't like this. You didn't like Wolfenstein too. No, I couldn't. I can't. Like, that's that franchise is just not for me. Like I've come to terms okay. with that. Um, and got a good amount of money for the trade in, and I had money left over from the last time I traded stuff in. It was over like 130 bucks or something. And there was this nice shiny OLED PlayStation Vita sitting in the used section, and I was like, ah. I mean, I have like my old one like my old one is like really scratched up and beat up and then on top of that um i have the one that i imported from japan but that has the latest firmware on it so i asked her all the counter can i look at it it's running 3.5 3.65 which apparently there's a hack coming out for that at the end of this year so i'm like do i hold on to this thing i don't know like maybe i'll keep it as like my emulation machine because i don't even know what i want to play at this point hmm. as this is happening really come on dude as this is happening um my phone is blowing up because there's a nintendo direct going on Mm -hmm. and so let's get into that so i've gone through and watched the whole thing i watched the second half which i shouldn't have been doing 
had the second half on in the car on the drive home. Very unsafe. Also, uh, this goes into the conversation that I was having with Audrey about you uh, because (laughs) I called you because you, you you had tried to call me. No, no. Here's and, what happened. Uh, well, yeah. I called Brian after the final announcement occurred. And it rang twice, and I went, you know what? Hold on. Because I know I'm going to talk about him, talk about this with him on the podcast. I hung up the phone. And I called Greg Hall of We Podcast classic, and We Know Things. Classic, like, uh, like my response when I saw that heartless tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he did this to me. I'm going to do the same thing to him. So... I call up Greg Hall, and he's like, dude, oh my god, like, you were freaking out on the phone with each other, um, so that was really cool, um, but, uh, yeah, so what, what was this all, you said to Audrey? So I called her, I called her, and I said, the Nintendo Direct just happened, lots of good things, Chris called me freaking out, his first words were, obviously driving, it is not safe for me to be driving right now, (laughs) And I said, I effing love him. He's the cuddly Jason Mantzoukas of my life. <laughs> and uh, and so that that's, uh, you know. Well, I appreciate that. Audrey, Audrey said you're not as much of a nutcase, but I said, yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I hope that you take that with the with the love and appreciation and affection. Oh, I, I, mean. I know anything from you is only meant out of love and i appreciate that so thank you that's i appreciate that so why don't you walk us through these announcements so because there's 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 a grab bag of stuff some of it pretty big some of it big depending on who you are some of it's just kind of there some of it's just kind of there yeah that kind of happened i feel in the earlier section so they do a really great job with these directs the proper directs not the mini ones that they introduced earlier this year where um they get all the 3ds stuff out of the way they do that in the very beginning of the uh show so but a a couple things in here i'm very excited about um warioware gold features 300 micro games that comes out august 3rd mario and luigi's on 3ds only on 3ds only which Mm -hmm. i was kind of upset about because yeah that's a bummer i would love love warioware i would love to finally play a warioware game but i don't want to play anything on 3ds anymore yeah that's part of the reason why I, I never bought um, Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon. Um, yeah. If it was on if it was on Switch, I totally would have done it. Yeah. But. Uh, Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, which this is a game. If I remember correctly, this came out on DS while 3DS was still like 3DS had already been out for quite some time, and yet they released this game on DS for whatever reason. Um, I believe that is the case. I can look that up while you continue. Yeah, so that's coming out uh, 2019. Um, that is also being bundled with Bowser Jr.'s story, which I guess is just like additional content, that kind of thing. Um, what I'm very excited about, but again, it's like, why don't you put this on both platforms? I'll still play it, though, because I love this franchise. Um, the three, uh, 3DS is getting a remake of the original Luigi's Mansion that came out on GameCube. Um, mm. What I really like about this is, if you remember that game, um, or if you've never played it, there was a item in it called the Game Boy Horror, and what that basically was was your like map interface um, that you could pull up at any time while you're playing the game. Um, but that is actually on the bottom screen when you're playing um, this version of it. So I thought that was a really good way to do that, because um, they're 
I mean, the, the mansion itself is kind of like a giant maze. Um, so it definitely helps out with that. Hmm. Hmm. It seems to me that the Nintendo 3DS was released... March 27th, 2012. I know that off the top of my head. Yeah, and it looks like... Um, Bowser's Inside Story launched in 2009. So it oh, wow. was a right, little bit before. At least according to my sources, which are... Damn, that's almost a 10-year-old game? Wow. Yeah, which my sources are Polygon and Wikipedia. That's crazy. For that. Um, one I'm very excited about, and I'll probably be picking this up. Um, I was hoping this would get ported. Um, Okami HD is coming to Switch. I will... I will maybe play that, depending. I, I, uh... I've never played Okami. Uh, I've heard really great things about it. I've heard Marty Sleva says that it's the he's he's told me it's the best Zelda game. Yeah, which I, I think mean, is which I think is ridiculous. And I I wonder if I should that ask still him if he still fe- yeah, if he still feels that way after Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild is my favorite. Yeah. Um, but um, I've heard nothing but good things about Okami. Well, not nothing but good. I've heard it's also extremely long, which I'm not sure that I'm into in the current landscape. Because there are so many things that I that I, that I've passed up that I still need to get to. I think um, last time we checked, I think you and I talked about this. It was like seventy hours, something to something that. like that. Yeah. It's something excessive. Yeah. Um, great game. What I like about it is they're including the motion controls that were present in the Wii version, which is the one that I played, um, and that was one of like those very very few instances where I actually thought that that added a value hmm. to the experience. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, Octopath Traveler is coming out July 13th. I'm going to stop yes. real quick. There's what I found interesting about, and I'll you'll see it throughout the remainder of this. Um, there's like this gap between now and May where I feel like there's really not a whole lot going on on Switch. And then all of a sudden, it's like... I feel like there's like three games that come out on May 18th for this system. And then from there, it's like off to the races. Like, there's just all kinds of crap coming out for it. Yeah, there's a couple... Uh, there's uh, there's one I noted in April, one in June, a couple in July. Uh, and then one just this year. I was interested... We'll, well, yeah. I was interested to... Or, uh, Yoshi. Yoshi was not shown at all. And I kind mm. of expected that to be... I expected one of two gate. things. Either that or uh, Mario Tennis Aces. I thought those were going to be the um, April release that they were going to push out. Because right yeah. now there isn't anything. Um, and even after this Direct, I don't think there is a game for April, as far as I know. Yeah, there is. Uh, South Park, uh, Fracture But Hole is April 24th. I mean, first party, though. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Hold on, hold on. the hell was that? I'm pretty sure Jughead just fell behind my turntable. Like, I have a little entertainment stand. I think he was just stuck between that and the wall and didn't know how to get out. Um, Excellent. Anyway. uh, What else do we have? Undertale is coming to Switch. I've never played this game. I have it on PC. Uh, It didn't really resonate with me because I prefer to go with, like, Super NES-style retro games instead of, like, 
OG NES yeah, or like like early PC stuff. That's a little the, too the, far for me. The visuals are just a little bit too simplistic. But I've heard it's incredible. People love I it. do, I do intend to play through it um, at some point. Right now, I'm playing through uh, AM2R, which is another Metroid 2 remake. I saw you were playing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm liking it so far. The boss stuff is. I definitely understand why in Samus Returns they they introduced that melee thing for when enemies get too close to you because that's the one gripe that I have with this game is that when you're fighting the Metroid things flying around, like they just get up in your grill and they they just hit you a lot. And unless you're jumping around away from them trying to get them to approach you from certain angles or what have you in order to get clean shots, like it can be really difficult and you can end up burning all your missiles and then having to retreat and recharge and all that sort of stuff. So, right. Um, but it's, it's fun so far. There's a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff going on with it. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I've been doing after that. I do intend to get to some of these games like, uh, like Celeste. I actually, I was thinking the next game I might go back to is the original doom and doom Two, just cause these are, these are all games that my cousin, uh, is, uh, is getting on to me for not having played before. So I'm trying to shore up my, my retro. You got to get your 32 floppies and. Yeah, pop that into your PC. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I would probably play it, uh, you know, on my Xbox. Um, which you talked about trading in games. Uh, I also did a bit of trading in games uh, this week because, uh, through a largely convoluted series of events, uh, I have come into ownership of an Xbox One X, and uh, with the X came a bunch of games that I already had uh, and a lot of new controllers. So I took my old controllers and all that sort of stuff and uh, squired those about town on errands to trade them in for the highest value, be it at, you know, GameStop or Best Buy or, um, you know, um, Game Over, which is like a retro video game store. And one of my fellow editors um, at Nintendo actually turned me on to Facebook Marketplace. And so I sold, I actually sold my Xbox, my original Xbox and the Kinect and two controllers on there for over double what I would have gotten from GameStop. Wow, that's great. Within one day. Wow. Like I, I was literally walking across the street to go to the GameStop to trade the stuff in. And they were like, GameStop, why do that? Do Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist? And I was like, I don't, that sounds like a... Ugh, that just sounds I've, like a hassle. I've had great success with Facebook Marketplace, I must say. It's been fantastic. So yeah. I, I highly recommend if you're looking to get rid of stuff, which I don't know that now I would recommend people to get rid of consoles because I used to do that, and now I kind of wish that I still had those. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people who have kept everything that they've ever owned, and um, I, I'm a bit envious of their... of the Yeah. That's me. Is, Chris is I have multiples of many consoles. <laughs> also, also, my brother's-in-law. Um, yeah, uh, AJ and Tyler never got rid of anything, so they have like six Game Boys and like a bunch of different stuff, and there's always something somewhere. Um, and so, it, it, as somebody who would like to be able to look back at these games and who would like to be able to compare current games with previous things that might not be too easy to get a hold of, I think that I'm just going to be keeping a hold of everything from now on. Yeah. Um, so I sold those duplicates, and uh, the the last bits that I sold that wouldn't go for more anywhere else, I sold to GameStop, traded those in. I've got my membership. I got the bonus, 
And what did I do with that? Well, I didn't want to take the hit on taking cash out, so I went with store credit. And uh, I ended up getting the season pass for Dragon Ball Fighters, so I'm yes. all in. I'm all in on PS4. I'm freaking ready for it to happen. When I went, and there's there's the obligatory Dragon Ball. No, when I went <laughs> and picked that game up originally, um, I had like two hundred dollars in credit because I had traded like a ton of stuff in. And uh, I'm picking it up, and the guy's like, looks at me. He's like, "Do you want the season pass?" Like I could tell he was probably asked that question a thousand times that day, and nobody said yes. And I was like, how much is it? Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm going back and forth. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I could see myself playing this for a while. And yeah. somehow I didn't get screwed on that because I have gotten more than my money's worth out of this game already. Oh, yeah. and it's not stopping anytime soon. Oh, no, it's not. Let no, it's you. not. I love this game. Put this yeah. on Switch. That's all I want. That, that was the one thing. If that got announced today. Oh, my God. It would have been game over. Like, I would have died. Let me tell you, before we continue with our Nintendo Direct stuff, uh, I had been... I You have heard me wax philosophical about Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear and Persona 4 Arena and all this sort of stuff before Dragon Ball came out. Yes. I actually went back... Um, I actually went back... I joined... I saw the, you were playing Blaze Blue the other night. Yes, I was. Uh... I meant I joined, to ask you about this. I joined a so gaming communities are interesting, and I highly recommend that if you're if you're gonna really get in up to your elbows in some of these games, especially the games that have like higher degrees of skill payoff, where like practicing and knowing certain things to do can actually help you a great deal in these games, such as fighting games, especially. I recommend getting plugged into a gaming community. Um, so I've been poking around on Dragon Ball Fighters um, YouTube channels and on the Reddit and stuff like that. What I recently did was I got plugged into the Dragon Ball Fighters Discord. Um, and so I can go in at any time of the day. I, there's a coaching channel where you can go in and ask about all this stuff. There's a general channel. There's a Dragon Ball channel where you can talk about the show. So this has been my outlet for just going crazy with all this stuff and i've i've learned a lot i tweaked up my uh, my team a little bit i've got a secondary team now that i'm you know that i'm also interested in um but uh because of that i've been able to kind of bring that bring my my game up a little bit more and learn a little bit more um and it's been a, a fantastic resource for me to find the stuff that's difficult to find because there are thousands of other people there that are looking for the same thing. Right. Um, but as a result of this conversation, I was talking with a lot of other people who are into a lot of other types of games like Marvel vs. Capcom, um, you know, the other Arc System Works games, some people who play Street Fighter V, things like that. And I kind of went on my traditional soapbox of Arc System Works fighting games are the best. Blaze Blue is the game that got me back into fighting games. I started with Street Fighter on Super Nintendo, fell off after Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha on PlayStation 1 because Capcom totally abandoned those characters because they didn't have the license to use them anymore. Like I just wanted to play as Garuda and Skullomania and D-Dark, and those characters don't exist in Street Fighter anymore, um, which stinks. And also, I loved Ryu's um, move. Actually, Goku's... Um, his like triple air kick. Oh, I love in that. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball Fighters was a move for Ryu in Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha on PlayStation 1. Oh, wow. And so seeing that was like, oh, that's so cool. But long story short, I went back and actually played Blaze Blue Central Fiction, and it feels so slow and so sluggish. It's like playing Injustice. 
Well, like, that's it's funny you say that because I finally tried the Ninja Turtles and Hellboy in Injustice 2 a couple days ago. And I got like three or four matches in with both of them. And I was like, I can't even play this anymore. Like, it's so slow. And it's such yeah. a shame because I loved that game. Yeah, I'm yeah. So used to, you know, being on edge playing Dragon Ball anymore. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting. And after that, so I, I was so disappointed and so crushed because not only does Blaze Blue not hold up against Guilty Gear Exard and Dragon Ball Fighters visually, but now it's so slow and I'm so used to like the freaking chase attacks, like the R2, like the dragon rushes and like all this stuff. Oh yeah. I like I I even the fastest characters in Blaze Blue are just not fast enough for me. So I think I think that might be it. <laughs> like, and Granite Arcs has said that they're not doing anything with Blaze Blue in a while uh, or for a while. They are bringing uh, Blaze Blue cross tag battle. Um, but man, I I just and then I played Guilty Gear Exard and I'm like, this is a little bit better. But it's I tried still, playing that for the first time maybe a week or two ago and it's still even that i was like i don't want to i don't want to learn how to play this game like that <laughs> no no and it's so insane like i don't understand how i because i spent so much time I mean, you know my relationship with blaze blue yeah i god every it. time you arc system works come up like you just can't you can't not go on like a, a tirade for 15 minutes about this franchise yeah, and now I think that is just over. Like <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters has completely eclipsed it. I think it's a better fighting game in just about every way. Um, the only thing is they need to they need to they need to get their online stuff down. But once that's done, I need man, better maps in that game. What do you mean? Like I just need cooler maps. I don't know. Cooler fine. levels. Yeah, just like cooler backdrops. I don't know. Hmm. I want to fight on King Kai's planet. Oh, dude, and then just run around? Yeah. <laughs> I want to chase bubbles. I want to do all that. I, I'm big into that idea. Yeah. Or fighting on Snake Way. Now, granted, there was that no battle be, that ever... Well... There's no battle that took place on Snake Way, but that would still no, be fun. It would be fun. Or on... Hey, you know what? They fought on Kami's Lookout. Let's fight there. Yeah. All these squares make a circle. <laughs> all these squares make a circle. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, like I'm into. I think my favorite place to fight is probably Destroyed West City, um, that one's especially cool. especially when I do it as when I fight and it's like a group of like um, uh, Trunks, uh, uh, Vegeta, Goku, and like either Goku Black or Cell because it's like in in the in the story like you know that those guys destroyed that city, right? You know, I, I like that sort of thing. When I fight against, you know, when I fight against Kid Boo or something like that, I make sure I'm doing it on the Planet of the Kai's and all that sort of stuff. There's, there's a lot of stuff. Let's get past all that. I just wanted to say, having revisited all of those games, I thought it was shocking how much smoother, how much better, how much of an improvement Dragon Ball Fighters is over even those previous games that I've been so hype on. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to, to kind of, uh, you know, eat some, eat some crow uh, for those, you know, who have who have been on the receiving end of my freaking sermons about blaze blue and all that sort of stuff me i mean yeah sure i think you've gotten the lion's share of it for sure (laughs) 
so Jughead just did something to my computer, and now it can't stop scrolling up. I don't know what nice. he did. That's exciting. Uh, well, while oh, you sort that it. out, while you sort that out, do you want me to talk? Uh, do you want me to talk about the Xbox One X, or you uh, want to get back to the Nintendo? No, let's get back to Nintendo. All um, right, let's do it. Let's see what we got. No more heroes. Do you care about this franchise? Never played it. Don't know anything about it. I played it on Wii. I didn't understand the hype. Um, I still don't. If you do understand the hype and could explain it to me. That'd be great. I would be eternally grateful. Um, But they're making one of them. There's no release date for that. I'd I'd be momentarily grateful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even look like the old game. Like, it's, I don't know. I mean, good for good for No More Heroes fans, I guess. Um, Crash Bandicoot: The Insane Trilogy is coming to Switch, July tenth. That that, that's the first three games, right? It's the first three games. It's the first time they've ever appeared on a Nintendo platform. Crash better be in Smash. Let me tell you. <sighs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, Sushi Striker: Way of Sushido is also coming that- to Switch. I actually didn't see that. Uh, I don't know what that is. Blink and you miss it. Yeah. Uh, Little Nightmares is coming May 18th, as well as Hyrule Warriors is coming May 18th. This is when I started watching the direct. Um, Hyrule Warriors, that's a Chris Shriver game right there. Freaking love that game. Little Nightmares, a game I almost bought with uh, some of my Xbox Live credit, but I did not because (laughs) it looked real creepy. Well, instead of that, I think I bought, um, I got Thimbleweed Park instead of that. So. So this next which one I, f- I need. Which I feel like is more important. Uh, I'll never, I don't, I don't get that game. I'm, it's I've a never Ron played Gilbert it. adventure game, which I've never played. I tried Grim Fandango, didn't like it, which is the Tim Schafer branch of adventure games. I'm going to try the Ron Gilbert game. Um, Thimbleweed Park. Cause I, I still, I have the Monkey Island games. I have not played them yet. I have The Cave, which I think is another Ron Gilbert game. Um, but my plan is to play Thimbleweed Park. Um, People hold... I'm not discrediting this game. Like, I don't know if... I don't, I don't care for adventure games that much. But, like, people talk about that game like it's, like... It should be put in a museum. It's very odd. What, Thimbleweed Park? Yeah. Interesting. Like, I feel like every time it comes up, they're like, Oh, my God, Thimbleweed Park. I don't know anything about it. I mean, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, uh, we'll 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 see what I think about it. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like retro style adventure games. I much rather like the new style of like the Telltale style. Adventure yeah, I mean, game that's not really an adventure game. It's like a storytelling game. Yeah, interactive book or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll see we'll see what I think about it. I have this next one. I have to ask. I have many questions. Um, Dark Souls mm-hmm. for Switch. So. Mm-hmm. They're making a Dark Souls amiibo. Yes, praise the sun. So, this comes out May 25th, the game and the amiibo. There's going to be a network test for this game. They haven't announced a date for that yet. Um, They want to stress test the servers. What I want to know is what the hell does that mean? The praise the sun. What does that mean? Okay. Praise the sun. So, the amiibo is Solaire. Yes. Um, of Astoria. Uh, uh, Astora. Of Astora. Yes. yes. Solaire of Astora is a huge character in Dark Souls 1. Okay. He's also referenced in at least Dark Souls 3. He is alluded to, some people think, in Dark Souls 2. 
Um, he's just a really fantastic character. Um, he praise the sun is so he is the he is a member of or the leader of the Brotherhood of the Sun, or or um, the. What is it? The Fellowship of the Sun? I can't freaking remember. It's been so long since I played Dark Souls 1. Uh, (laughs) But basically, they're colloquially known as the Sun Bros. Okay. Um, It is a... They engage in what is called jolly cooperation, which is where, uh, basically, if you're you're a member of this particular covenant, uh, it is based on cooperation. So you will often see people praising the Sun... um, because the sun is what the brotherhood worships and they're all about helping each other out. This is a horrible, horrible description of what they're actually well, about. Like, does it do anything in the game or is it just a gesture? I mean, it's definitely a gesture in the game, praise the sun, but okay. there's also like, there's, there's also kind of an ideology behind it of like, it's really, it's really dark. This is really hard, but praise the sun. Mm. So it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a thing. In the Dark Souls community. Because all this says on Kotaku's site, it says, according to Nintendo, this amiibo will let you perform the popular praise the sun gesture with reckless abandon. Oh, nice. That's, I guess that's all it does. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, like, good, good for that. Like, I, Dark Souls. All right. <laughs> yep. I, I may end up getting, I may end up getting that, uh, that amiibo. I would have, I would have preferred if it was just like the knight armor. Yeah. But I know a lot of people love Solaire and he's an actual character instead of the main character who has whatever personality that you give him based on your choices in the game. Right. Whereas Solaire is actually a set personality. Interesting. Um, I would like to see Solaire in a game that we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, South Park, the fractured, but whole was coming to switch April 24th. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten very far in this game on Xbox One. I honestly think I'm going to check the trade-in value. Um, I think I got it on Black Friday for like 20 bucks. Um, oh, okay. So I think I'm going to check the trade-in value, see what I can get, and then end up getting it on Switch because that's one that I find like I want to play The portable it. factor would be way better. Exactly. It's just easier um, at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker finally... This is Finally the one I knew that you would Switch. be excited about. Oh my god, this freaking game. There's like one game after today that if they put it on Switch, I would get rid of my Wii U. Mario Maker. No, I don't give a shit about Mario Maker. Oh. I don't. I don't. Plus that, that, that's, that's it, on 3DS. That's it for me. That's it for me. It's 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 Mario Maker and Super Mario 3D World for me. That's the that's the last one. 3D World. For you, yeah. Um, which I was praying that that was go- that was coming, but apparently not. Nope. I mean, who knows? Nope. It might come later. But um, so yeah, not only is coming to Switch, coming to 3DS. Which, if you're a 3DS person, good for you. Um, go buy a Switch. The port will what? be out on July 13th. What? It features. Why would you? I don't know. Why would you get Captain Toad on 3DS? Don't buy a Switch. It's like Captain Toad. There's a new Splatoon 2 campaign coming out, which I'm probably the only person in this room excited for because Brian doesn't like Splatoon 2. Um, The best complete complete waste of money. Honestly, I would have been if Splatoon 2 was ten dollars or fifteen dollars, I'd be maybe okay with it. 
But Here, here's the I'm best part of this. I'm direct. real butthurt over this. The the fact that they spent they made like a three minute trailer for this campaign, and then they were like, okay, there's new items coming and a new update and blah blah blah. And they're, they're waxing philosophical to Splatoon two for a solid like twenty minutes, and the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, Brian hates this right now, and this is gonna be what they end with. Like, unless there's they do one more thing. This is yeah. This is gonna be it, and sure enough, it ends, and they go, "Oh, we have one more announcement for you," and and then it went right back to freaking uh, Inklings splatooning around shooting. Well, no, but no, but this was the thing. It was they're splatooning around doing their splatoon business, and it was a white background, and I'm like, okay, it's not a new game. What else could it be? There's no. way whenever they started doing doing. whenever they started doing this i'm like oh my god they're doing it yeah i knew it like the second that it started up i was like this isn't more splatoon stuff and then when you realized that it was (gasps) stop stop and then it went dark the 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 reveal for this was the best they've ever done like yes it was the coolest this is the coolest move nintendo's ever done they stop shooting it goes dark they show inkling girl if you haven't seen this, watch the trailer. It's fucking amazing. Um, they show Inkling Girl, and you see fire in her eyes, and she like looks like terrified. She looks over her shoulder. Yeah. And it zooms in on her on her eyes, and you can see reflected in it the Smash logo. And then you see Mario step out, and Link steps out, and they're just silhouetted. There's a bunch of... What I want to know is there's a bunch of other characters in that silhouette in the background. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten a good chance to look at it yet. Are there any characters that I doubt there are? But are there any characters that haven't been announced or like are coming back, like Ice Climbers? Like, that's um, what I want to know. One of the ones I think it was it was Megan Sullivan or something. There was somebody um, that zoomed in on it and saw that um, Breath of the Wild Link is one of them. Well, Breath of the Wild Link is the one that who you see his full head silhouette after Mario's, mm. um, which I kind of figured they would do that. Um, they typically do. They typically update whatever adult link is to the most recent game right right uh and then at, at first it was ocarina of time kid link but then since then it's been like toon link right which is Wind um, Waker link basically yeah um so and then 2018 is when this is coming out so this year i would anticipate that we will see this at e3 at least a character reveal or gameplay or something um now Previously, I said I would like to see Solaire in this game. I don't know how they would differentiate him from Link. Um, I, I don't really see that happening. Crash, I think, is a no-brainer um, yeah. for this game. Because then you get... The crazy thing is, then you get the main character from Nintendo, which is Mario. You get the main character from Sega, which is Sonic. And the main character from PS1 era PlayStation, which is Crash. That and would be do, unbelievable. If you could do that, and if they brought back Snake, you know, like you could, this could really become a crazy thing. Um, we've got just everybody's everything fighting together. That's cool. That's very cool. Just give me Master Chief. I don't know. Give me somebody from Microsoft. Dude, I would love it. Jade Empire. Yeah. Get, get rid of <laughs> get rid of Snake. Get rid of Solid Snake. Put Master Chief in there, and I think you got a deal. Yeah. Like his heavy smash move being like a Spartan laser or something. Oh, it'd be oh so good. The 
possibilities so are good. endless. He could jump and freaking punch people. He can bubble shield it up. His grab would just be him grabbing somebody by the face and like throwing them off the stage. <laughs> oh, it'd be so great. Have him be like a medium character between between like a it's almost like a Captain Ganondorf. Falcon and a Bowser. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. a Ganon. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <sighs> like a Ganon, but a little bit lighter. Yeah, um, because he's faster. But yeah, I would love that. I'm excited now. I'm like. Every time there's a direct like this, I go through that cycle where I go, okay, these games have been announced. Um, do I get rid of the Wii U version? <laughs> and I feel like I do. Like, Captain Toad, yeah. Smash. Smash is one that I like. It's hard for me to give up. Well, I mean, don't don't get rid of it until we know what's going on with a new one. No, I know. Now, here's here's the thing. Do you think that this is a new game, or do you think that this is deluxe? I think this is a deluxe, and the reason so I, I the reason I say that is um, the lettering, like the animation for the lettering, is exactly the same as it was yeah. with Wii U and 3DS. Um, and honestly, I don't think that's that big a deal. Um, you know, you update some of the character models. Um, if need be, you maybe come up with like a different move set for some of them. I don't even think you have to. Like maybe with Mario, you make it so that he has Cappy with him, where like he could throw his hat and things like that. That would be good. That would be a cool thing. Um, you know things like that. But I, I mean, there hasn't been much new content between the Wii U release and this one for them to even draw from, um, as far as first-party Nintendo is concerned. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons they do the deluxe is that so many people passed on the Wii U. Oh, yeah. So, given the popularity of Switch, now they're able to actually say, okay, we've already done the lion's share of the work. All we need to do now is port it, and we can make more money than we did when we originally released these. Which I understand. From a business standpoint, it's kind of a no-brainer. Well, it's also, I mean, how much, let's check, how much of this is games that were on Wii U or ports like that's all this is there's nothing the only ones that aren't are octopath traveler mario tennis aces uh the octo expansion for splatoon 2 Mm, is that it um yeah no more heroes no more heroes. sushi striker whatever that is yes (laughs) which i mean come on who yeah we got bigger fish to fry. Oh, yeah. oh this guy. Uh, so, yeah. So, pretty excited for what's going on with that. Yeah. Uh, do we want to move on from the Nintendo Direct into other news? I, I think I think so. I mean, I just... It's all very exciting. It's just... I, it, this it was a, This exciting. was a day for Chris Shriver. I literally went from, like, maybe I'll hack a Vita, because I don't know what to play anymore. To, to nope, Nintendo. Just kidding, Nintendo. This is this is what I need to play. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Uh, also, uh, just announced the Division Two. Uh, yeah. Which I am given the what I've been told is the current state of the division, which is apparently much better. I the reason that I'm intrigued about the Division Two is because of what Ubisoft is doing. Apparently, Rainbow Six Siege is like way better than it was when it first came out and their zombie mode is like apparently amazing 
Um, also, the current state of affairs with The Division is apparently way better than that game was when it started. So given the lessons that Ubisoft has learned from not only those two games, but from the things that they've done with Assassin's Creed Origins, like, I think Ubisoft is going through a renaissance right now. And with that said, I feel like they could learn a lot from the failures of Destiny 2. They could learn a lot from the initial sales failures of Rainbow Six Siege and different things like that. And they can roll all of those lessons into a Division 2 that's going to be way more compelling. Uh, so I am definitely open-minded. I'm not sold on it yet, um, but I'm definitely open-minded and I'm interested. I'm very much interested in seeing more about what The Division 2 is going to be. I am excited for people to play The Division 2. I will not be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, not my game. Like, I I really, really did not care for the controls in that game. Um, and I mean, I, I, as far as the other issues I had, like the main one, I bought that game on launch day. Um, yeah, same the, for me. I loved the concept. I love the idea that like you, and they had that cool thing online where um, you could do it, like simulate it in real life, where there's this outbreak, it's viral, um, you know, how fast does it spread? Like, what does the government do about it? Um, yeah. You know, and run around New York City in that, which I thought was really cool. But um, the, could not get over the controls and the menu system in that game. It took like a half hour for you to finally get like a loadout that you were cool with, which like that's entirely too yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of lessons that they can learn from that. But I thought that the world was more interesting than the one from Destiny. I thought the gameplay was more interesting than Destiny's. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. There were a few a few issues that I had with it, but um, I am in- interested to see what Ubisoft can do with it. Yeah. Um, another announcement: Call of Duty Black Ops Four, the sequel to my first Call of Duty game, Black Ops Three. There you go. Uh, which is the one who that, that made me realize, hey, guess what? Maybe you actually do like Call of Duty games. <laughs> People buy these games for a reason. Weird. It's crazy, but uh, yeah. So. Um, so I put it up on my Instagram and my Twitter, but Audrey bought me uh, Infinite Warfare for Xbox One, uh, which I'm excited to play on the X um, because oh, yeah, I be fired up I fired up Assassin's Creed Origins. That game looks really good on the X. <laughs> uh, I fired up Halo Five, um, you know, having heard that it's night and day different from um, you know the original Xbox One from Digital Foundry. Didn't notice it particularly in the graphics until I like walked right up to a wall and was like, Oh, Holy crap. This wall looks really amazing. And I'm like right up in its face. And then I looked at something really far off in the distance and it wasn't jaggy at all. Honey, come quick. Look at this wall. Yeah, I know it sounds, it sounds stupid, (laughs) but like just the visual consistency from stuff that's really close and really far away. And the fact that it it wasn't downgrading visually at all. Well, that game got a huge texture pack upgrade i'm pretty sure like it was like 40 gigs or something like that yeah yeah and quantum break got another one uh, of that which i I was downloading earlier it's like 55 gigs or something like that it's ridiculous um but yeah like i've been downloading a lot of updates for a lot of these games since i moved everything over to my ex um how are you doing on space i'm totally fine i mean i've got a five terabyte something like that Uh, Uh, you have an external external. okay yeah so i've got six terabytes of space yeah you're fine i've got the one terabyte internal five uh, external yeah um, uh, side effect of me buying this uh, Xbox One X off my friend uh, I also got his account with all of his digital games I got all of his physical games and he gave me his external drive which is 5 terabyte which means now I've got 
a five terabyte external drive for my PC. Nice. Which means I don't have to worry about deleting everything off of my 450 gig drive that I had <laughs> running on my on my state of the art PC. Let me know how games run on that. Um, on the X? No. If you put anything on the external drive, which like I don't think is recommended, but like on my PC? Yeah. But so it is recommended. But and that was the thing. Like I was thinking about it. And I'm like, well, if I do it on a PS4 and I do it on on a Xbox One, what's the downside in doing it on a PC? Like I can't. USB 3.0 is like fast enough. I th- I think it should be fine. Um, yeah. But I've yeah, been, no. I, I play all my game. I play all my PC games on on external now. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Because I'm running low on storage on my SSD, and I'm like, is this even necessary? I don't think it is. It would be better if it, if I, if I had an internal SSD, but I don't. So yeah, it's whatever. But I may do that. Uh, yeah, but it's good. It's good. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, See, so we talked about trade-ins. We've got some stuff that uh, that I know you wanted to talk about. But uh, do you want to talk about a movie that I watched recently? That you want? What it uh, before before we get into that? Is last night. Oh I yeah, watched, yeah, 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 yeah. Last night I watched Coco for the first time. Mama Coco. Audrey, Audrey bought that movie in 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. How? Uh, All right. If you've never seen Coco, there's one. There's a, there's videos of it on YouTube of them like making the scene, but it's the scene when they show you the land of the dead for the first time. Yeah. Have you? How did that look in 4K? Dude, the whole movie looked unreal. Like the the like I can the see color the freaking palette. pores on the characters. Yeah, like the color palette in that movie, the vibrant beyond the, belief, the vibrancy of like. There's a, there's the a scene in the beginning where he's playing the guitar and these flower petals start coming off off the ground. Yeah. Like, there is so much in that movie that it, you just stare at it in awe and you're like, I can't believe Pixar has got, especially when you like compare it to like Toy Story 1. And it's like, yeah. this is how far this company has come. It, it is yeah. astounding. So, I mean, it has definitely sold me on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray, like, which is something that I can only do on the X. Yeah. And so it's like, man, this, like, I just, several times I was like, the lighting is unbelievable. Like all this sort of stuff. I don't even have HDR, dude. Yeah. Like, and it still is like ridiculous. And I've been told that an HDR rig actually makes a bigger difference than the 4k. That's what, which that's I, what they say, which I can't, I can't fathom. Uh, but yeah, it's. What a fantastic movie! The last movie, it, it, it's been there's been a recent resurgence where I've I've kind of come around on Disney movies, um, and not that I've ever particularly been like I'll be like ugh Disney ugh Disney ugh, but that's just get because, Disney like, out of my Kingdom Hearts ugh but that's just because like the Disney Channel had a lot of garbage on it and sure. I was forced to watch that when I was a kid and stuff like that just because. My mom didn't want me watching Toonami and Dragon Ball fighting everybody all I wonder why. people up and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, people would watch like freaking Zack and Cody and all this garbage. But the movies have pretty much always been good. Yeah. Like, you know, Aladdin, you know, Lion King made me cry, like all this sort of stuff. And it's just been a thing where, where I've been, I've, I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but it's like Frozen was good. And then I watched Moana, which was really good. And then I watched Coco, which is incredible. And it's like I need to go watch Zootopia, uh, and like you know all these all these other movies. I don't I don't know what it is, but there's. Wait, I'm, have you I'm, watched Zootopia? No. 
Oh my god, Brian. That movie. That movie says so much about the current landscape of today. Like, oh my god. It's so good. It's on Netflix, I think, so I can you, watch it. You have to watch it. I love that movie. Do I need to watch it tonight? I mean, if you have time, why not? It's great. I might. Great yeah. movie. Great movie. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's it's Moana. I was like, man, this is awesome. And then, you know, and then it, it, the cool thing about Moana and Coco is that they their examination of kind of cultural heritage and different things like that makes me incredibly envious because uh, if we're if we're being real, like you know, you're Chris just a I, white guy. Chris and I are just plain old vanilla bean white guys. And, and this is what I, the, and, that's not the only movie that's done that. Black Panther recently did this. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say yes, exactly. And Black Panther is the same way, where it's like it made me wish that I had a, a an actual cultural identity because. If we're being real, my ancestors would have been worshiping. The, the funny thing is, I was I was at church the other day. For those of you who don't know, I, I play drums uh, for a church. That's one of my jobs. By the way, I saw an excellent uh, thing. Uh, I saw an excellent like tweet or something like that where somebody said, "You literally only had one job." Is a joke that millennials don't understand. <laughs> and I was like, "That's pretty good." I literally have three jobs. Yeah. Uh, and my wife also has three jobs. Um. And we're still not rich. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> absurd. But, um, but like, I, I was talking to people um, in the church, and I was like, I wonder if this is a problem, because I have a Tervis that has Thor on it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm literally in a Christian church with a cup that has a picture of another god on it. Now, granted, it's Marvel's Thor, which is different from the Thor sure, that was worshipped but it gets ago. you thinking. But it made me think, and not only that, from my people's heritage, like, I'm mostly Swedish and Swiss, so there's a not, there's a not small likelihood that my ancestors actually did worship Thor or Odin. Right. Um, and that sort of a thing. So that would have, so the freaking Marvel Cinematic Universe actually holds more of a heritage for me than, you know, maybe I would have realized, but what, what is this? Oh, yeah, Thor Ragnarok. My, my steelbook. Just showed up today. My 4K Thor Ragnarok steelbook. Nice. Yeah. So, but but the the interesting thing is is that uh, white culture, particularly white American culture, in the melting pot that is American culture, have more. And even this goes back to like the Greek and Roman days and things like that. They've adopted other cultures instead of necessarily holding on to their own, which. It makes me sad because well, like, there's this, a loss of the sense of self like and this is what i find interesting and sorry and continuity but continuity but also like you just say something say, say something that will be completely unfavorable to many people but i don't really care because i'm white um i almost wonder if that's why so many white people get to be to, to latch on to religion so tightly because they're like Catholicism. I can tie that back to something, but many of them, I feel, or it's possible that many of them um, don't have a sh good strong anchor into their original heritage because they're just. My ancestors are from England. They're from Germany. They're from the Netherlands. Like it's just that typical, you know, response of somewhere in Europe is where I'm from. But like, how much of that heritage do you actually? hold within you and your daily values and traditions and things like that and most people at least in america 
you don't like you just kind of you're american and you which i think is fine like that's you know if you're born american and like you are hold steadfast in those beliefs and those traditions then cool but like some people want more meeting and i think that's why they go to those kinds of things and the interesting thing is it's it's two sides it's two sides of the same coin as far as the white community and the American black community, because the American black community that was taken from them. Exactly. Whereas, whereas the white community kind of just gave it up or it had, it had gone so far back with them. And, you know, if you look at like the Puritans and the pilgrims and things like that, them separating was a way to make their own new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, which the funny thing is that was just a new kind of, different version of something that they adopted from Judaism, mm -hmm. which is like, which goes back, you know, to the freaking early, you know, like 2000 years ago or something like that. And, you know, which in and of itself goes, you know, back into middle Eastern culture and all this sort of things. And there is something to be said for like, you know, the cradle of civilization was in, you know, Northern Africa or something like that, you know, right. around that sort of area. That's where all humanity kind of got its start. Right. Um, but I still think it's interesting because like, you know, Audrey and I will get talking about like why I don't care about Christmas. And it's like, well, Christmas isn't even the thing that it says that it is. It's a pagan <laughs> holiday that was co-opted by Christians to make it easier to convert other people. Right. Like it's Jesus wasn't born in you, winter. You go into a Catholic mass on December the 24th and explain that to somebody and watch their head spin and see how they take it. It's like le legitimately Easter is is maybe the only one that's actually real because it follows Passover, which is the Jewish holiday, which has been consistent. Right. But even still, the, the bunny and the egg iconography is from another pagan holiday. <laughs> so it's like, it's totally, it's told so much of what specifically American Christianity uh, is, is so foreign to its roots. It's just, it's crazy. So so even even the things that my family does have to hold on to from being from having a heritage of being you know uh Protestants in America since even the founding of Rhode Island which is where um, you know there's actually a statue of one of my relatives in Providence because he was one of the I think he was like the first reverend or something like that in oh, like wow. Providence Rhode Island or something like that um and that like that's how like that's how far my family goes back in that way. And their religious roots go back that far right? Um, on that side of the family. And even that, like when there's so much of that culture that's been, you know, co-opted or, you know, adopted or incorporated from other cultures and stuff like that. Anyway, suffice to say, it's really refreshing to see so many cool cultures like the, like the Hawaiian, you know, Islander culture and the, you know, the day of the dead, Dia de los Muertos, um, culture and stuff like that. And it actually got me thinking I had, it was a freaking hashtag shower thoughts, but I was just like, what if all of that's real and none of them can come back over and see us because I never put any of their pictures up on anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, you just have these sobering moments where it's like, I, I don't believe in that, but like, if that's true, how frustrated would you be as a ghost on the other side that like nobody buys into this? Right. You know, everybody's constantly being forgotten and faded away into nothing and nobody's ever able to visit or look over their, you know, their, their ancestors or anything like that. Um, or their descendants, I should say. Um, but, but it is crazy. Like if I think back, I mean, like my grandmother's mother, I knew her, 
But like, as far as if you want to look further back in the Shriver timeline, like that's as far as I can go. I, I don't, I don't know of anyone. I don't know of any images. I don't know of any yeah. documents. Like it, it definitely got me thinking. Like in respect to, I'll, <laughs> my dad's gonna be like you asshole. Um, the quote-unquote elders of my family, but they are now the oldest living members of my family. Um, you know, treating that with respect as much as possible, given you know what has been lost. Yeah, generationally, it is an interesting conversation, and uh, and it also Coco also parallels um, an old African um, idea of the living dead, and I think it's the forgotten dead. Which are uh, basically there. There are the living, um, which are obviously you know you and I and everybody else who's alive. And then when you die, you become a member of the living dead, which are the dead that are still remembered. Mm. Um, and if you are forgotten, then you pass into the forgotten dead, which are like just the swarms of humanity that nobody remembers. Right. Um, the difference is. Although this in in the not to spoil the ending of Coco, but in the ending of Coco, it seems like they're actually parallels because so like for example, George Washington would not be a member of the Forgotten Dead because even though there's nobody alive who remembers him as People a person he as is. he was when he was alive, we know who he is. Yeah. So like Augustus Caesar, still a member of the Living Dead because he's still remembered in the history books and stuff. Right. And so Audrey was actually asking me this question. Do you feel like this is why there's such a drive for fame to not be forgotten? And I was like, I don't know. That's an interesting idea if there's like a subconscious desire to be remembered because we know that when we're gone, that's the only thing that's left of us. I think that is for some people. I don't think it is for everyone. I think some people, you know, whether they just have an ego and they need to feed it um, or they're doing whatever it is they're passionate about and then they happen yeah. to become known for it like those are but yeah those are typically the more genuine people i find but yeah yeah it's it's interesting disney man yeah getting into the deep talks oh it's good it's good it. I, i'm i didn't get a chance to go super in depth because I, I was like knocked on my butt for so much of this by this viral infection but I am going to come next week with a lot more Xbox One X um, kind of breakdowns. Um, I know there are some people who have been thinking about getting them who have been asking me what I think about it, so I will definitely be sharing my thoughts. Uh, I'm going to check out as many games as I have that have Xbox One enhancements, including 360 games and recent Xbox One games. Mm -hmm. So if you want me to take a look uh, into anything, um, I can see if I've got it. Um, or uh, or if I can get it. So hit me up on Twitter or something like that, at Ribnax, uh, if you want to know what I think about the Xbox One X and whether it's worth it or not. So far for me, I love it. The footprint is great. No power brick is great. Had to give up my Kinect, which I'm not super happy about. Um, you won't even know it's gone in like a very short amount of time. I mean, last night I was bummed because I was going to say, you know, uh, and apologies to anybody out there who's who's listening to this with an earshot of their Xbox, but I was going to say, you know, Xbox volume up, Xbox pause, you know, all this sort of stuff. Uh, I love those commands. They're so easy, especially when you're eating a messy dinner and you want to watch something. It's so <laughs> good. It's so good. Um, <clears throat> apologies. You know what? Hold on. I want to bring something up that it's not in the show notes, but while you're we're on the subject of voice commands, okay. there's this thing that's been happening with Amazon devices, mm, mm. your Echo Dots and your yeah. taps, as you were, 
um, where either a user will ask so-and-so, turn on the lights, or whatever command you want to do, and Homegirl just starts laughing at them. And it started. And it was just, ha, 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 and no, and then we'll, that will be it. Um, it also is happening Chris, completely unprompted. No noise is said, and all of a sudden this thing just starts laughing. It started, Chris, I'm telling you. I'm at the point, I've got two of these things in my home. I think I'm going to get rid of them. I have to talk to Jess tonight to make sure it's okay. I don't want this shit in my house anymore. <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. Like, we, I use it for three things. I Chromecast music to it. Um, I use it for timers when I'm baking. And I use it as a sound machine when I go to sleep. Other than that, I don't really need this thing in a, a one-bedroom apartment. Hmm? So, Amazon knows enough about me. Google knows enough about me. I don't need them listening to every conversation that I'm having. I'm, I'm of that group now. I'm of the people suspicious of this whole... The Utah Data Center and all of it. Like, I, I don't want to be a part of this culture anymore. I, I think I've, I've come to terms with that. Yeah. So, what my plan is... Hopefully, as long as the other half is okay with it, I'm going to replace these with Chromecast audios, the ones already connected to a nice speaker system, and then I'll just get a set of speakers put in the bedroom, and then I'll go on my merry way. But this is terrifying, and I don't want to, I don't want to feed the fire. I don't need how, you know, tell me I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, go like, for just it, man. Call, call me yourself. crazy. I don't know. But, like, it just... You've been keeping it. up on all the Boston Dynamics updates? The what? <laughs> Are you not familiar with Boston Dynamics? No. Oh, my God, Chris. Wait, what is this? Boston Dynamics is the formerly Google-owned company making all the autonomous robots. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know about The freaking big dog. Yeah, they made the one that's... on the rollers that can jump over fences. Yep. They made ones that can do backflips. That can avoid being pushed over. They or can, can just get jump like two been... stories in the air. I mean, I think that's a little excessive. They can well, no, there's one. I, I watched that one. There's not one that can jump two I stories. I swear to God, Brian, it was like this little robot car. And it, like it just, you saw this like spring like charge up or whatever inside of it. And it launched up a two-story building. I will find okay, this video well, and send it to you. It's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh... Speaking of things that we saw on the internet, we finally, I've talked about it for a long time. I've lauded it for, since Chris and I started down this way of Dragon Ball, we found the scream. Oh, yeah, yeah. We found the scream. Now, Chris originally sent it to me. He said it was episode 31 uh, of Dragon Ball Z, which is correct. However, when I listened to it, it still had Chris Sabat as Vegeta instead of um, Matt, somebody Drummond, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Something like that. Anyway, <clears throat> so come to find out, as I, I had, pre I, this is also a correction. Previously, I had stated that early on in Dragon Ball, Chris Sabat did not voice Vegeta. This is incorrect. Early on when I was watching Dragon Ball Z, I wasn't getting the Funimation dub. I was getting the Ocean dub. Which I didn't even know there was 
There were two of them. Yes. I thought what you said was correct. And then I was so like, he sounds I. the same. I don't understand what he's talking about. And I never said anything. Yeah. So when I went back, the, Goku has a different voice actor. Vegeta has a different voice actor, which they then brought back, like I said, you know, went during the Evil Water um, saga in Super, I think. Okay. Um, and it was like that, that was the, the quote unquote for me original voice actor, which was the Ocean dub Vegeta. Right. Um, so we went back, and once, once I figured that out, it was a relatively simple matter of look up episode 31 Ocean Dub, which is really hard to find, by the way. <laughs> the Ocean Dub isn't available almost anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I really had to look up, like, Goku fights Vegeta first time Ocean Dub on YouTube and just find clips. And it just happened to be in there. Um, I couldn't believe you found it. Because once I saw the... the like title of the video i was like you've got to be kidding me like he was able to track this down and then i watched it and I was like, oh, there it is yeah the and the screen and it and it's different it is definitely it's, different it is definitely a different scream than the one that chris sabat did which is just like ah yeah like which didn't do anything for me yeah um but anyway let's let's get off of dragon ball i just wanted to let everybody out, out there know i found it it's awesome Two Dragon Ball things. <laughs> just two. Just two. They, I mean, you know I'm not going to argue against they it. They change Piccolo's voice actor in the Funimation dub in the middle of the Frieza saga. Like all, he's, he's on King Kai's planet one episode, and he sounds a certain way, and then the next episode, he's still on the planet and sounds completely different. Like his, his vocal register is like way higher than the original one. And I do not like this guy at all. And I'm pretty sure this is the voice actor for the remaining, the remainder of this show, which I was pretty bummed out about. Is it not also Chris Sabat? Because the dude who voices Vegeta and Piccolo are the same dude. Maybe he took over. Completely different sounding Piccolo. Because because in Kai he's the same throughout. Oh, which know. is good. Which is that's what you want. If you want to if you want to be able to say, hey, here's here's Dragon Ball. You want the voice actors to be consistent throughout, right? As a as a thing, right? And that's that's the case. Like they're all they're all the same um, throughout. I need to go back and see original Dragon Ball Z to see what Piccolo sounds like, because um, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, it's very deep. Like because Jess and I always do the voices like around the apartment. Like there was one episode where the moon reappears. It's like very early on after he Piccolo blows it up and eventually it reappears. Here you find out that it's goku's ship um projecting it and that's when gohan turns into the ape um but there's a moment when he sees it and he goes oh that get back up there and like we constantly will say that yeah um but uh like so we know how that voice sounds and then when this voice actor changed i was like this is not my piccolo i don't know what happened but this is not him i'm not okay <laughs> hashtag not my piccolo <laughs> hashtag not my piccolo um <sighs> the other issue i have with this show is Bulma needs to fuck off. I hate Bulma so much. She's so useless. Like, she makes the situation worse almost 100% of the time in the Frieza saga. And if she's in, yeah, not making in, it worse, she's just bitching about things. I don't know how many In the Frieza saga, it's pretty bad. Oh, um, my God. When you get later, uh, when you get to the Android saga and the Cell saga, she pulls her weight. She better. Because... Um, and I mean, I th I thought it was interesting her uh, her kind of role in Dragon Ball Fighters. 
because it's central. Like without her, they would have totally. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I was having. I was actually having a, a conversation earlier, bringing it back around to like Discord and gaming communities. I was talking to somebody about the the weird other changes with the series. Like for example, they totally changed Trunks's hair color. Um, in the Android Saga in Dragon Ball Z, Trunks's hair is purple. It's like a light purple. Right. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um, in Dragon Ball Super, his hair is blue. Same exact color as Bulma's. It hmm. makes no sense. There's no explanation for it whatsoever. They never address it. And Very I don't weird. know why it's that way. It's really weird. Also, this probably has like a more, more of a reason to it. The voice actor for Frieza, not the same. Um, I'm kind of fine with that. Because Frieza's voice after... 30 episodes of listening to this. Well, I don't, I don't need any more of that in my life. Sure. But it's more, it's, I don't know. It's more sinister than, than the, uh, than the one in super, uh, the voice actor in super. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a different voice actor. I have only been watching super in Japanese though. And the Japanese voice acting for, um, Frieza is excellent. Mm. Also, I think I may actually like Japanese Vegeta more than, uh, more than Chris Sabat's Vegeta. Just what do you mean, really, Kakarot? He really carries that kind of nobility. Yeah. In in a way that I that I don't think he does. I don't like Goku's voice actor though in the Japanese dub. Hmm. It's way too high. It's too high pitched, and it sounds weird after being used to English Goku for so long. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, you and I, you and I, we were both weaned on the English VO. Yeah. For uh, for Dragon Ball, but anyway. So now, now that I'm I'm totally caught up on Super, uh, the next episode's uh, description has already been leaked, so I know what's happening in the next episode. I think the next two episodes are the la- are the end of Dragon Ball Super. Wow, um, that's uh, crazy. There are some really interesting theories going around about what's going to happen, and it's looking like they're shaping up, which is going to lead into whatever the next series is. Uh, because there's no way they can leave it there. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if things are going the way that the way for that a second, like a half second, I was like, does like Goku or Vegeta die? But then I was like, wait, they die like six times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, I'm not gonna spoil it because I think you should. I think you should watch Super. There are. Oh, I will eventually. Sure, but there are some problems with Super. I think. I think right after you get done with Z, I think you should do Super. I think that's um, what we're doing. Yeah. This is really good. So I'm at the point where I'm probably going to go back and watch the original Dragon Ball now. Yeah. Um, right after the best theme song ever. Right after I watch um, Zootopia. <gasps> also, also speaking of anime, My Hero Academia season three coming this year. Mm-hmm. Simultaneous Japanese and English. Very Ooh. excited. I got to watch. Very excited about that. It's really. Good. Have you seen? Have you seen the first two seasons nope. of My Hero Academia? Nope. It's excellent. Have you seen One Punch? You've seen One Punch Man? I have not. You need I gotta to get that. through Dragon Ball. I gotta get through Dragon Ball Z. I gotta get through Dragon Ball Super. If you're taking a break, if you're taking a break from Dragon Ball, One Punch Man's short, isn't it? One, pu- yeah, you should watch One Punch Man. There's only it's one on season. Animation now. It's really good, and it's on Netflix. Animate. Watch. Here's here's what you do. Since you're taking a break from Dragon Ball, watch the first episode of One Punch Man. If it doesn't grab you, do something else. Okay. The first episode of One Punch Man is amazing. Here's what's going to suck, is the date today is March the 8th of 2018, the year of our Lord, 
And mm-hmm. um, as we were talking about earlier, yes. <laughs> and uh, starting the year of our Sunday. the year of our adopted Lord, <laughs> the year of my <laughs> refound Nintendo obsession. Um, oh no, my headphones came undone. I have rehearsals for Susical. The I musical think like four days a week, starting Jeez, Sunday. Dude. So once that happens, between then, basically for a month, I'm gonna be singing and dancing all day long, and then I'm gonna be a bitch to be around when I'm not doing that because mm. I'm gonna want to be. Oh, I want to play games. I don't want to do this, and I can't because I have to do real life things, and they're not fun. Um, so I'm kind of hesitant to start anything right now. Mm. Um, so I'm like trying to tiptoe a little bit. Trying to wrap everything up. Yeah. But here's the problem. I played a lot this week that I really, really liked. Okay. Um, Tell us about it. I played Red Dead Redemption for the first time. Uh, Ooh. I get why people like that game. I don't know if I'm going to play the whole thing, but I totally get it. Are you going to play two? I'll probably play two. One is real. It's an old game. Like it, it looks like an old game, I should say. Yeah. Um, I'm, I am, I, this is, it's pretty cool because having the Xbox one X now I'm like, okay, so now I know where I'm playing console games. Mm-hmm. So if, 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 uh, if RDR two is not coming out on PC, that's definitely an Xbox one X game because right. you know, that thing's going to look unreal. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the game. I don't know if I'm going to get back to it. Um, but it's there. Um, it's a good, six out of good 10 too much cow herding. You know what? It's empty. It's a barren game. That's part of the point, because it is the Old West. It is, and I understand that, but, like, and I guess part of my problem is, like, Mad Max did it so well. It is laborious, though, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Um And I'm kind of like, I don't really have time for this right now. So, um, like, I don't have time to, like, be running across the desert just, like, not doing anything. On a horse with no name. I yeah. know. Yeah, it's hard. God, I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> I played um gears of war judgment i've been playing that really i really like it like i like what it what the hell i, I like it so many way people more than i thought i would i have had so many people tell me don't even bother with gears of war judgment and i'm like but i, I let me set it I up like for gears you. of war let i me like set gears it up of war, for though so xbox 360 game looks like an xbox 360 gears of war game if you can stomach that you're halfway there so that's like my bread and butter as far as my teenage years are concerned that's where i played a lot of my game time in the gears yeah. franchise so game starts out you're bared um you're playing with cole and then two other characters one of them's russian i don't know cole train and you are being put on trial basically as a war criminal and the head of um the cogs i think or somebody in the cogs is basically like restate everything that has occurred up to this point. So, like, you have to recount all the events that, like, got you to the point where you are now considered a war criminal. Um, So, the game is basically told in the past tense. Like, Baird is narrating it. Um, So, he'll say, like, you know, we came to this bridge and there were boomers there and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you have to, like, fight boomers. Um, What the game does and how it's different than the other Gears of War games, which I... I can see why people don't like it, but I think it's the, what I find kind of charming about it. Um, 
you'll go up to an area and there will be like a Crimson Omen, which is like the Gears of War logo, um, on a wall, <clears throat> and it'll be glowing, and it's an optional objective. And when that base, they're called declassified missions. And when you go up to it, it'll say it basically like will put a modifier on the map. So one of them today was um, you have low visibility because of dust, so you can't see enemies from really far away. Um, but like you'll be put in a room before that where you can grab whatever gear you want to do. So like, because I know I have low visibility and guys are going to be coming up to me, I could grab a Nasher and like another close quarters kind of weapon. So I can kind of like prepare like myself. Like a Lancer. Yeah. Happen. A Lancer right. and a Nasher or something like that. Right. Right. So mission starts and like, he'll say like, oh man, the dust was kicked up and it was like really bad. And like, then you go through that mission in that way. If you choose to, and if you do that, you like get more um, experience points, which I don't think it does anything really. I think it unlocks content for like multiplayer and stuff. Um, but you get more out of it if you do those declassified missions. Otherwise, you just run through it as a normal mission. Um, hmm. But it makes the game feel like a more like you could play it in like bite-sized chunks. I think, it, and I think that's why I like it so much. Like I could hop on and be like, all right. I'm going to go through, like, five declassified missions. And then, if that's all I want to play, like, I just bounce out. It's not like you're getting, like, sucked into these long areas um, or, like, long acts, like Gears of War is typically laid out with. Um, so, like, I'm going to keep playing it. Like, it's it's scratching an itch that I didn't know was there, especially for a franchise that, like, I've always loved. Um, so it's kind of cool to like be able to play this game that I kind of slept on when it came out because so many people were down on it. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. It is definitely the dark horse of that series. How do you think it holds up compared to um, you and I having played Gears of War four? Um, I mean, it. I didn't. I'm not going to say I didn't care for Gears of War four. Um, I thought Gears of War four was great. But, like, this game is a reminder of what I loved about Gears of War 1 through 3. Interesting. Um, just so like, it's good It's good in similar ways that the original Gears of War trilogy was good. Yeah, and I've played it's, the first it's not Gears like a of War. It's not like a departure or anything like that. No, no, like no. Like, 4 was. Like, as far as, like, gameplay is concerned, like, I think some of the controls are different because they feel like they're in different places. Um, so is it kind of like the Halo reach of the Gears of War I, it actually, franchise? Yeah, it reminded me of, like, the reach of the ODST of the mm. franchise. Um, okay. Which, like, I love both. Halo Reach is, like, top two Halo games for yeah. me. Like, I yeah, yeah, freaking yeah. love that game. Um, so, like, I'm I'm really glad that I decided to dive into it because um, it's, I don't know, kind of, like you said, like, that dark horse of Xbox games that typically I look at and I just scoff at because I'm like, oh, everybody said to ignore this thing. Um, I don't even know why it's there. but um, And interestingly enough, um, developed by... Um, people can fly. Who is a uh, bullet storm? Oh, yeah, the bullet storm devs. So, but I like it. Another game that I played that you love. Oh, Battle Block Theater. <gasps> Jess and I started playing this last night. Chris, you have made me so happy. You didn't tell me that this game was set up like a Rayman kind of game, where like you pop into levels and. You know, you just, like it, it's a puzzle platforming game, and yeah, yeah, Jess is way better at it than I am. But don't tell her I said that. Um, oh. But like, dude, that game is so much fun, and it's so funny. I told you it was good. Yeah, it was one of those games. Like, it would sit up there, and I'm like, 
I want to start this, but like I know it's co-op, and I don't know if Jess is gonna like it because um, she's kind of hit or miss with certain games. Mm-hmm. And it, it started off, and they're going through that whole thing where like they're describing um, where he's on the boat. And oh, the opening of Battle Block Theater is one of the best game openings ever. I well, think. And at first, it started, and I was like, "What the hell?" Is-? Like I'm thinking in my head, "Like what the hell is this?" But out loud, I'm laughing my ass off. Um, and so was she. So I was like, "All right, we're we're off to at least a good start." Um, and she was just like, why didn't you tell me about this game? Like, this is amazing. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't play it. So I think that's it's like the best game, game the behemoth has ever made. Yeah. I, I, I could, uh, I think you could make that argument for sure. Um, cause I popped in al- into alien hominid after that, which was like the first, their first mm-hmm. game. And the first one, yeah. um, that I obviously that I played by them, um, for OG Xbox. Yeah. Well, and I played that on, uh, new grounds when it was a flash game. And on GameCube, I had the retail release of that at one point. Jeez, Yeah, nice. so, like, I go back with Behemoth, but um, that game, like, that game's hard. Um, yeah, that's Battle why Block I bounced off better. of it. The, the first game of theirs that I really latched onto is probably something that our listeners will also relate to because it was Castle Crashers. Yeah. Um, Castle Crashers was when they, they hit it really big on XBLA. Uh, and then, of course, Battle Block Theater, which I feel like a lot of people slept on. Uh, and then Pit People, which is still in early access, but is also really fun. No, didn't um, that just come out of early access? Oh, did it? I think like this week. I think it did. Jeez, if it did, I, I've been, <laughs> I've been otherwise occupied. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if, if that is the case, I'm very excited about that because uh, because uh, Pit People is good. It's totally different, um, and and uh, I don't know if it'll appeal to the truly hardcore strategy game enthusiasts because it's it's. You, the game kind of takes control away from you, mm. um, but I mean, the Behemoth is always going to make quality games. It see they're they're very much like Blizzard, where it's like they keep tackling different genres, um, and like they're just awesome at all of them. Yeah, because like I don't think I don't think there's been a recent side-scrolling beat 'em up as good as Castle Crashers. Man, I like I don't you even could know. maybe make an argument for Scott Pilgrim. I was just going to say that, but that's a game that's like it's trapped on PS3, and I yeah, it will never get ported. But yeah. I want it to so badly. <laughs> I w- I here's my my hope is that Scott Pilgrim, uh, will get on backwards compatibility on Xbox. That's what that's, I'm hoping. That's your best chance of ever. That's like, the best chance for that game console. to not be stranded on that hardware forever. Yeah. Um. And then there was the, um, I forget which one it was, Charlie Murder was another one like that, but it wasn't nearly as good, I didn't think, than Scott Pilgrim. Um, not least of those reasons being because the soundtrack for um, Scott Pilgrim is so much better. Um, and it just looks really good. But anyway, <clears throat> Charlie Murder made by the same uh, people that made Salt and Sanctuary, I believe. A game uh, I have not played. A game I recently reinstalled on my dope five terabyte external PC hard drive, <laughs> but I don't know if I'll get to it anytime soon because um, I got a lot of other stuff to do. But what two, else do you get to? Two other main ones I want to talk about. One just for a second. Archangel is a PSVR game that um, when I saw the trailers for it originally, I was like, "How is nobody talking about this game?" Because if you look up, I mean, I thought it was cool, but if you look at the trailers, it basically looks like almost like a Pacific Rim-esque 
VR game um, where you're in this giant mech suit um, and you're just like messing stuff up in cities and stuff. Um, but what it ended up being, which I like, I'm okay with. Like, I'll, I might go back and play it. Um, but it's basically an on-rail shooter where you have, um, like, I was using the move controllers, but one of them, one of your arms is a machine gun, and then you can like pop a shield on it, and then the other one is a rocket launcher, and you can pop a shield on that. Um, hmm. But you can't actually like make the thing move. Um, it just does that on its own, so it's on rails. Um, That's a shame. But like it was kind of cool. But um, the, I mean, uh, being on rails addresses some of the sickness issues. Yeah, I definitely and, didn't feel uh, nauseous the whole time. And, and also, you know, the your um, your visual budget because you know, as we've discussed before, VR games are a lot more taxing on rigs, and right. it, it is a lot harder to hit your frame target. And if you're also having to worry about agency of players looking around or players being able to control where they can go, then you have a lot more resources you have to take uh, take into account on screen and so you it's can become difficult to do that so i definitely understand why that was made i think it's probably a technical kind of concession yeah yeah because like know, to, even to, um, to make it workable farpoint which is a game that as far as like freaky spider game yeah, yeah. Free, freaky spider game um probably the most well up until my next one um, immersive VR experience um, like that is a game that like affected me physically um, but the control and our like, friend walking, Josh Mobley as well yeah there's <laughs> there's footage of him on IGN.com where he is like pooping his pants playing that game um, they show the poop but it but it uh, they don't actually walking in that game was weird like I, I wanted it to work a certain way and it didn't um, and I was never okay with it. But a game mm. that I did play, and I played for like three hours, which is, I think, the longest I've ever played a VR game um, so far in my life. I'm um, very excited for when this game comes to Games with Gold later on this month. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. That is coming to Games with Gold. Yeah. <gasps> in like oh, a week. That's so funny. I was like, man, I should buy that. Um, I don't have to now. That's great. Um, Super Hot VR. I played on PSVR. Um, if you're not familiar with super hot, the, the shtick of the game is you'll throw an item or you'll shoot a gun or something. But anytime you make a motion with your arms or your head or anything like that, um, that's when everybody else in the map moves. So if, uh, somebody fires a bullet at you, the bullet doesn't come firing at you until you move in or out of the way or in any direction but like that's when it will start to make its tra trajectory in your direction so does time just move very slowly or does it completely stop when you stop moving it moves as quickly as you do so if, so you if you're move, not moving at all it's totally stopped yeah time it's is totally stopped. stopped and what's cool is if you're it's almost like a puzzle game because when you're yeah. in the rig it's kind of like hitman go is what it sounds like a little bit but in uh, 3d right 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 because um, you'll have this moment where, like, you'll start out and you'll say, okay, there's two guys. By the way, me, fantastic guy. game. Just had to throw in a little plug. That Hitman Go is amazing. Hitman Go is awesome. Lara Croft Go, I don't know how good that is. I have it. It's very good. I played it uh, I played it on Vita, I think. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. Fantastic game. Um, but what will happen is if you have two guys in front of you and one guy to the right, um, let's say all three of them have a gun, or the two in front of you have a gun, and the one to the right has a knife. Um you could, like, look over to your right. If he's coming towards you, you can grab the knife out of his hand and then take him out. Otherwise, he could stab you. 
and then the other two guys in the meantime are shooting bullets at you. So after you, like, the game is great on my core, I must say. Because what would happen is you'd stab the guy to the right, and then you kind of, like, duck down. You look up and go, okay, there's two bullets. They're coming in my direction. I got to make sure I'm at least out of the way by the time they get here. So you can do one of two things. You can either, like, move out of the way and then um, see if you can grab another item around you or something like that um, to try and get them or, like, a gun or something like that. Or <laughs> what I tend to do is um, if I'm not really sure of, like, if I'm going to make it or not, I'll just kind of move my hands, like, constantly because as long as you're making a motion, everything else is moving around you. Um, and then if you don't move your head, you're at least out of the way. So you're just kind of, like shaking your arms back and forth but uh you'll see like the trajectory of the bullet um and then eventually like if you kind of can get a sense of where it's going to be if you're holding something that's like metal like a gun or um uh frying pan or something you can kind of stick your arm up and like swat the bullets away um and then like kind of get your bearings and then try and take them out nice yeah but it's yeah i'm really excited about this i've i've been interested in this game for a long time um, never got around to it. Happy that it's going on Games with Gold. I'm definitely going to pick it up. I think it goes up the 15th or whatever, mm-hmm. or 15th or 16th um, of this month. Super immersive. If you have PSVR, it's my my all time best. If you buy PSVR, you have to play this game. Like hmm. strong this is words. The one you have to play. Strong words. Yeah. Cool. You got anything else for uh, our listeners this week? Uh. I don't think so. Oh, me neither. The Saiyans have a cool backstory. I'll say that. The Saiyans? Well, or rather, I learned about um, Vegeta's dad. Yeah. So, yeah. He seemed like a cool guy. Indeed. Goku's dad, also a cool dude. Standing up to Frieza. And coming to. Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Also, I found out something interesting about Beerus and Whis's names. Mm. So, in Super, Goku and Vegeta actually start training with Whis, who is incredibly, incredibly powerful. There's some... I mean, if you When you get into Super, you'll actually find out how powerful Whis is. Kind of. He's, his, the depths of his power have still not been adequately conveyed however uh goku and vegeta are both super saiyan blue and they're coming at him and to demonstrate how much faster he is than them he draws the symbol for his name on their gis now for those of you who don't know or not familiar with martial arts a gi is what you wear when you're training when you're fighting in a tournament different things like that so the outfits that they were using while they were training with Whis that he like dodged out of the way and wrote his name in like Sharpie on their things uh, are called in, in they're available in Dragon Ball Fighters and you can select them on your lobby character and it'll say like Vegeta parentheses Whis Gi and parentheses which is funny because I found out that both Beerus and Whis's names as well as all of the other gods of destruction and their angels are all named after alcohol no kidding. So Beerus and Whiskey. <gasps> I have which a new ma- favorite character. Which made me which made me laugh because Whiskey like sounds like whiskey. But anyway. Whiskey. There's a little there's a little uh little tidbit for you. A little Dragon Ball trivia tidbit. I read something 
and then we can wrap up. I read something on uh, Reddit the other day okay. that I found especially hilarious. Okay. Where they were talking about, uh, somebody posed the question, it was to women, but like men were chiming in. But it was like, what is the... As, of, as in all things on the internet. Yes. Ac- women, especially what do you on Well, I think ladies should well, do this. Um, but the question was posed, what were some situations in which you um, were presented with a large male genitalia, and how did you react? Um, and Interesting. One of the ones was this guy chimed in where he was like, I was at the gym one day, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw what looked like a large mammal dangling from between a man's legs, and it was definitely bruising his knees, was like what he said. And somebody <laughs> chimed in, and they were going back and forth, like a bunch of the commenters, about like, what would you even do with that thing? And one of the people chimed in and said, I would wrap that shit around my waist like a true Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And it's true. I, like, died. I thought that was, like, the funniest shit I read on the internet that day. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, I wish they would do more with the tails. I wish they would bring back the tails. I like Uzaru. Yeah. And I wish, I wish we still had it. Yeah. But anyway. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode 85 of The Platformers, an extra news-heavy episode. Uh, If you have opinions on my freaking viral state and you want to tell me off on Twitter, you can hit me up at Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. If you want to talk about anything, musicals. (laughs) Lately, I've been into the producers. Um, Which I still need to watch. You can find me on Twitter. At Shrives93. But I, I'd like to, until I run out of these, I'd like to present a new closing segment from myself. Okay. Where I just express ideas that I have in the middle of the night that wake me up. I like this. I like this a lot. And uh, that really got me thinking about our state of the universe and the world. And I hope uh, you you get something out of it, too. Um, this week's is beef jerky is just a cow raisin. (laughs) Thank you for hanging out with us this week. And, uh, think about that one until we come back to you next time, because until then we are out.